Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. As you know, in this podcast, every single week, what we love to do is take a big, giant, juicy, meaty topic and break it down into tiny little bite-sized chunks, all in an effort to help ourselves and hopefully some of you through the process of change. We're obsessed. We love it. We talk about it all the time. And this week we have been talking about what is uh, often affectionately called the adoption curve. It's if you've done any work in change management, you've seen it on a slide. Believe me, you've read about it somewhere. And today we're going to lovingly pick apart the thinking mm-hmm. Around the adoption curve, Rod, my friend, my the research king on this podcast. What do you want to add into the mix as we get started? I like how you you projected how you hope we pick this apart. You're like, if I say we're going to lovingly pick this apart, maybe that's <laughs> influencing how this is going to go. Because <laughs> that was my British sort of. Uh, I might we're actually going to tear it to pieces, but. Because I think it, you know, it from a practitioner perspective, certainly hear about a lot, but it applies, and it's a concept that many people, I think, would have heard of in just in their lives in general. Um, yes. So maybe I'll start. I'll describe the adoption curve. And um, and so they, you have to picture it's always presented on a slide, <coughs> or somehow as an upside down bell curve, like the inverted U, the upside down U, and it's right. So for for, as we know, we have a huge math geek following. They'll this will be old hat. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my love language right now, Rod. Yes. So, so it's the on the an inverted parabola. Please oh, continue. Gosh. Yes. so it's on the 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 on the left side it was there's a kind of comes close to the the line and there's a small area under the curve on the left side that's one end of the the distribution as you get towards the middle there's a large area between so you got to picture this curve is a is above a line which is i guess the x-axis there's more area under it and then on the right side it goes small again and so it's it basically it's saying um, on one end, you have a small number of innovators or early adopters or people who will adopt right. a change early. And on the very other end, you have laggards or change resistors, people who will always resist change. Nasty. And then in the middle, you have like the majority of people, which is, and then some of these, you know, they, they go with uh, distribution ratios, which I think are like 34% or something like that, you know, distribution from right. the mean. So we'll say 68% of of the people are in this middle zone. Some are kind of tend to early adopt on a change and some tend to be a late, sorry, early majority of people and others are a little bit behind. So it's a nice, easy to understand mathematical distribution to say, show, to tell you how many, if you have a change that you want to introduce, I could tell you based on this that you would have 2.5% of people who are innovators and very early adopters right and so forth very nice and neat reassuring tidy boxes <laughs> yes tidy boxes isn't, isn't it great that work the, the, Marie, people the change Marie Kondo so- of change yes 
clean. The what? I was <laughs> the Marie Kondo of change. Yes. What the Martha Stewart of change? Those. Um, right, and so that that's the adoption curve. Now, before I dive into um, talking about it a little bit more, I'll tell you where it came from. It's it. You know, if you're and I've seen this. There's quite a few change management courses which use this to describe how people adopt or react to change, and so they're very like. Rogers, so the guy's last name is Rogers. Rogers in 1963 uh, described the innovation curve or the early adopt diffusions of innovations. Um, and what he was doing, he was actually de- he was describing how farmers, how he observed farmers adopting new farming technology. And he he observed that you know some people are early to adopt and others don't. And then he thought, oh, wouldn't it be interesting to show it as a bell curve? And so that's what he did. And then people picked it up because it it, w- it seemed to make this intuitive sense. Like it... Right, it's like, right. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. That must be true. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Rod. The first time I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That's sort of true to my lived experience, I suppose, when yeah. I think about the people in my life. Like, that's probably that's probably about right. Right. But I had no idea until you and I started talking about it that this was a model based on what this dude saw some yeah. random sample of farmers. Right. Uh, do and, and then, from that we've had this model that we're all living with now it's kind yeah, of funny it is and the thing that like someone like I get the curmudgeon I'm like the curmudgeon in the classroom when they're like <laughs> you know the, mumbling to myself they don't know what they're talking about I do and, love a curmudgeon <laughs> I do love a curmudgeon that <laughs> explains further how we are good friends yes so the, the, the instructors and I've done this a couple times actually which is kind of mean to the instructor, but whatever. The I've done this where it's like they're they they would say studies have shown that and then dot 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 studies have shown that people adopt yeah. to change based on these ratios. And I always put my hand up. I was like, "Is that right? Could you could you share me one of those studies that?" Rod, you don't do, do that. Do. You're a facilitator's nightmare. And I, and you know what? I I did it once, and then I was like, I felt bad. And then the second second course, it came up, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And then somebody, you did it, didn't you? I don't know. They asked me a question about it, and I couldn't help but saying, uh, whatever. So, <clears throat> why is it? Uh. Why is it, might it be something that we would consider is, I don't want to, I'm trying to use a different word than bad. (laughs) Well, it's risky, isn't it? It's risky to, I mean, it's risky on multiple levels. One, to have one study based on, even if it's a hundred farmers, let's just be generous. Even if it's a hundred farmers, this is now a model that was made you know, however long ago that is now, mm-hmm. 60 years ago, however long. And, um, and it's kind of taken as a truth today, mm-hmm. as like, it's taught as though 
this is some kind of scientific fact. And it's da- on that level, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But then I also think it's dangerous for us to assume that that is true. Mm-hmm. Because then we get bucketed, and we've talked about this before when we mm-hmm. talked about introvert, extrovert. We bucket people into, oh, they're just a lagger. They were resistor. Don't yeah. even try to work with them. Don't yeah, even bother trying to work with that person. Maybe yeah. it's someone in your family. Maybe it's someone you work with. Don't even bother trying. Yeah. Well, I don't want I don't want to live by that model. I don't think that model's going to keep me on my happy path. Right. Not that I think everyone has to be like a tigger and be like, "Oh yay, let's try it." Not that, but I mean, that doesn't mean that we should just forego trying. Oh yeah. And uh and and label somebody perhaps unfairly in a particular way. Totally. I mean, and and this this weaves into personal lives like to outside of work it would always be like oh yeah i got this friend they're always up for something new or th- th- but this other friend they never want to do anything new mm-hmm. and so i'm not even going to ask them and, but <laughs> so right that's the, so there's a negative is that you predispose the answer you don't even inquire about would somebody be interested in this because that's what they're interested in or you know why right. might everybody hate this change? Oh, it's because, Leslie, let me tell you, 16% of people will always resist change that you're doing. So don't even bother with them. Ignore them. Right. Don't even bother trying to build something that works for them or approach a change in a way that's going to work for them yeah. because they're going to resist no matter what you do. Right. You know, it's yeah. that kind of thinking. Uh, it's that, oh, well, kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's, Yeah, it's and, and, and again, I think the, the, to math nerd it a little bit again is to really know sources. When, when we're seeing, especially right now, when we're in this, like, post-truth kind of post-Trump, oh, yeah. people think they're an expert because they've watched a YouTube video, kind of a, kind of a world. Mm-hmm. To make sure you're going to source material and understanding when people say study say, oh what my gosh. what is that study? What is that like? Where yeah. does that data come from? Whose hands has it been in? Yeah, um, and is it trustworthy? You know, like we're talking about a simple model right now, and hey, if we, you know, if we make a mess with this, it's it's not ideal, but it's not necessarily like life changing, but there's some bits out there where people take things as studies show. Yeah. And, uh, and when you get to source material, it's shady. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, you know what? Such a, a great connection to, um, certainly what we've seen with, with COVID and all the various things, but even before that, like you would, people would say, whatever they wanted to say based on some interpretation of something. And, and, and it behooves us to inquire and be inquisitive and, and yeah. want to check on ourselves uh, for ourselves. But it, that, and this, that's, I think the, exactly the point is uh, before you take something as a, uh, such a standard and, a, and like a truth model, um, really be sure that you kind of understand where it's come from. And, and double check on, or at least understand. Yeah, I would double check is maybe not the right word, but just verify yourself so that you can be confident. 
how are you using it? Right. And then you can ask yourself questions about it, right? Like, oh, knowing that, do I still think this holds true? Right? Do I still want to behave in a way that would suggest that I think that this is true? Mm -hmm. Because I I have, like, I honest to goodness, have thought about the adoption curve in that way and thought, oh, well, okay, I guess this is just the group that's going to resist it. Mm -hmm. But when you and I started really digging into it and the, the, the ramifications of assuming, especially nowadays, it's, it's sort of like, and I'm in the category of, well, you know, they're just a little bit older. And so they're not going to be good with technology Mm. or, you know, they're a little bit younger, so they don't have the experience. So, you know, you may as well not talk in a certain way, or, you know, everyone's going to be a precious snowflake and you can't talk about difficult things. Well, no, like understanding the individual, understanding the person no matter where they are in the age spectrum and not assuming that all gen z kids are early adopters and all boomers and gen xers are laggers or resistors right like that's where it becomes dangerous as well when it's applied to entire groups of people yes then it's even scarier i think totally yeah, exactly. You and I just don't like being forced into models. I no. think that's what I'm learning from yeah. our... Anytime we've talked about, uh, you know, introversion, extroversion, or, or this kind of a model, I just, I do certainly do not like being yeah. uh, Jimmy jammed into a, you are a this, you are always this thing, or you are never that thing. Yeah. That's a, like, ew. I know. Ew. And then, I don't like it. Yeah. I'd say one of the, for me, the... Even like on a, I'll say like on a larger level is, and this is talking maybe a little professional like shop talk here, but it's the, this notion that people will resist change by default. It's, it's this, and it's, and then that means it's uh, confrontational and that means it's, right you have to manage this resistance and etc and all like it's this whole mindset to that you can bring towards how people how to implement some form of change which is and you know if you challenge that and if you say like actually no in some situations a change could actually be broadly wanted and there's not a lot of resistance to it it's just what it is it becomes a matter of trying to figure it out of like what's the the way to put it in place so that it smooths out the you know that transition or you might have something which is such a crap you know such a bad idea (laughs) that that's why they're everyone's resisting it's not because of this human nature factor and um so it's for like i was thinking it's like how do you how why is it that people think so much that there's always this resistance to the chain like that's just always there and Part of me was like, oh, it's because it's taught in the courses with this right, misleading inverted U cur- curve. So it's like how to shift the mindset of that, how we approach this. I, I, I think it's I, I it's so interesting, right? Because I do think even I think we take the notion. I'm just thinking about this for the first time. So we take the notion that as human, like from an evolutionary perspective, we're always scanning and looking for risk. 
Mm-hmm. And so, right, like that's like it's is the saber toothed tiger coming to attack me. And that's where fight or flight is born and all the things, right? So there's a constant scanning in our in our old brains um, of to see whether or not we're safe. And I wonder if what's happened is people have taken that scientific data and extrapolated that that scanning for risk is the same as resisting change or that, you know what I mean? As a result of us always scanning for risk, we therefore don't like change because change injects risk and therefore everybody resists change. And I wonder if that's where the whole thing starts to fall apart. Well, I, I'm fairly certain that no one's been sophisticated enough to, to approach it like you described it, but maybe like a retro explanation is to say, you know, we observe yeah. people reacting a little bit badly every time they hear something, but really that's, as you described, it's their initial reaction because they're scanning for risk and they're trying to take in, is this a risk to me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I am endlessly fascinated by um, the models that are in place to try and explain and sort of simplify and make human behavior this black and white people fit into these boxes mm-hmm. when nothing could be further from the truth. You know, it's it's such a life just isn't like that. It's not that neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. I may resist one type of change because I don't like it or resist one type of set of plans with friends because that's not something I like to do but then be completely like 100% first person in the pool kind of an idea um, for something that is up my alley, you know? And so it's, it's, it's risky to say that person always does this Mm -hmm. or that person never does that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Fighting the labels. Hmm. I know. I know. They really, they really take us to the dark side, and that's why we say we're going to lovingly rip this one apart because, <laughs> I like, it's just not a, it's not a healthy way to, uh, for me, like mm-hmm. it's not a healthy way for me to, to for myself to be put in those kinds of boxes, mm-hmm. but then uh, to put other people in those boxes because mm-hmm. that's when, you know. And you don't even know what's going on for them. You don't even know what's happening if exactly. it's resistance or if it's just, you know, they've had a bad day and you're just layering on the tenth thing of the nine things that have, you know, that they have to think about in a new way. One never, ever, ever knows unless right. we ask questions, which yeah. is our other passion on this podcast. <laughs> it's asking juicy questions. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's the... Um, I feel like it's the model of, uh, I, I, you know, this is a nascent idea here, but it's, it's like how you push, you know, get change going with friends and family. And it's usually <laughs> like constantly positively like, this is going to be great. It's going to be, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to, we'll figure out all this stuff. It'll, it'll work out so well. We're going to have such a great time. Love it. It's going to be so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the the change approach. Just get over the initial f- that that uh, fear factor that people are reacting to. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It, have, that could be we as a change tactic. It's going to be awesome. 
That is, I mean, that is the whole idea of the, you know, find something that ever that's that everyone's going to like about the change. And also the reality in life is that that's not always true. That we're yeah. not, you know what I mean? There's going to be change that happens that, uh, that we're not all going to love. And so how do we get, you know, how do we hit the I believe button? Yeah. And, you know, everybody's going to resist it because it's just not a change that, uh, you know, like that, that also happens too. Yeah. Where, you know, you may have everybody at one end and or the other uh, where everybody wants the change or nobody wants the change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and how do you get through it? So, yeah, anytime someone puts a, a cute little, a neat, tidy parabola in front of us and says, oh, this is normal distribution. This is like (laughs) what the normal pattern of blah, 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 blah. My, uh, my radar is going to start going beep, 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 beep when, when that happens again. That's right. Because like I said, when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to be looking at all these other models and saying, well, is someone just, is is someone just trying to normalize this in a, in a way that's not helpful? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm. Much science to be done, my friend, Mm -hmm. much science to be done. If we were in a university lab, we would open a a, a lab and be critically studying and picking apart wacky models. <clears throat> I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, writing hypotheses is easy. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> I do love science. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, Leslie, this was a shorter conversation today, but I think a good one. I do, too. It's got me thinking about all the, like, every time I see a normal distribution in any book I read or or any magazine or whatever, I'm going to be digging in a little bit differently. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad we talked about this one. Thank you for bringing this one. Yeah, Yeah, You're welcome. This is a good topic. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for listening today, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye.